say. Did you find Judges chapter 16? We are coming to the end of the life of Samson. Uh, God actually spent more time in his word discussing Samson's life than any of the other judges. He spent a great deal of time on Gideon, but Samson consumed a lot of the Lord's attention as he gave us this record. Samson uh, is an enigma to us. He's a puzzle. Uh, he's a man of great promise. His birth was, was prophesied by an angel. Um, his mother had to take on a Nazarite vow. And then when he was born, he was to live a Nazarite vow for his entire life, uh, which meant uh, there, there were several things Nazarites could not do. Can anybody remember? Give me one. They were allowed to cut their hair during the length of their vow. Warren? They were allowed to touch a dead body. What else? Brother Tim? Yeah, eat or drink any fruit of the vine. Grapes, raisins, grape juice, wine, none of it. Uh, they, they had to be very, very separated in everything that they did. And this was Samson's life. Uh, it was to be a testimony that he was separated not just from these things, but separated to the Lord. Um, and uh, so God had his hand on him. The Bible says of Samson, more than any other person in the Bible, that the spirit of the Lord came upon him. In Samson's case, when the spirit of the Lord came on him, how did it manifest itself? Yes, yeah, superhuman strength. Um, and remember, uh, Samson's source of strength was not obvious. Uh, if you see movies or anything that depicts Samson or even drawings of him, he's always pictured as this giant muscle-bound guy. Uh, if that were the case, nobody would question where his strength came from. They would say it came from the gym, you know, that type of thing. I, I think Samson probably looked a little more like me than, uh, uh, you know, than some guy that, that's got, uh, you know, six and a half feet tall and muscles bulging everywhere. Because if you saw me uh, lifting a city gate off of its, you know, from its, you know, post and carrying it up a mountain, you would say, how did he do that? Right? Um, and that was Samson's case. It was the Lord. By the way, God often uses what the, the Bible says, the weak things of the world to confound that which is wise because then God gets all the glory. Um, so Samson, Samson had that kind of a legacy, but along the way, we see that Samson had flaws, didn't he? And we, we uh, couched our discussion of Samson, Samson with the understanding that God only uses flawed people because that's all he has to choose from. It's not that God's okay with our flaws or our sin or anything like that, but that's, that's who God has to choose from for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know Samson's in Hebrews 11 in the faith chapter of the Bible. Um, can anybody remember back, what was the first time that we saw Samson do something questionable about his separation unto the Lord? Anybody remember? I know we're going, this, is, this would be way back when Brother Tim started uh, teaching uh, this particular part of the book of Judges. Anybody remember? A little bit before that, it, you're in the right era of his life. Yeah. 
yes, he wanted, he, he, uh, wanted to, uh, he got his parents to uh, arrange a marriage with a Philistine girl in the village of Timnath. Um, and, and we understand it in the context. Uh, God put that in his heart. It was setting up the Philistines for Samson to start judging him. And while he was engaged to her, what did he do, brother buddy? Yeah, he had killed a lion one day and he went back like most young men would do to see what the dead body now looked like after a few weeks. And some honeybees had built a, a, a hive and a comb in there and he reached inside and grabbed the honey. Remember, he weren't allowed to get anything out of the dead carcass. He wasn't allowed to touch them um, and, and so forth. So it seems like a little thing, but it was gonna become a, sort of a pattern for him. Uh, we, we, we've watched him along the way. What was the, what was the next thing he did? Kind of a big, not kind of nothing. It was a big one. It was a big, big stumble. Anybody remember what he did? He went to a town of the Philistines and he spent the night with a harlot with a harlot and the men of the city knew he was there and uh, they made plans to uh, capture him and, and put an end to him and so forth. That's the, the night he ripped the, the gates off the, out of the wall and carried them up bar and all to the top of the hill and so forth. And now we're in chapter 16 and uh, he is with a woman named Delilah. Uh, we do not know that uh, they were married. Uh, it just says in verse number four, and it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Samson loved her. This was not uh, like that, that first one where he was just setting up the Philistines to judge them. He's given his heart to a Philistine woman, and clearly she did not love him. Uh, we learned uh, last week that the Philistines came and said, entice him, let him, uh, let him make sure he tells you the secret of his strength. Uh, and, and if you do that, we'll give each of you 1,100 pieces of silver. Uh, and all the leaders of the Philistine cities were in on this. This woman, Delilah, was about to become very, very wealthy if she could succeed. And, uh, of course, she, uh, she uh, talked to Samson in the beginning in verse 6. Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. The very fact that she wanted to know that so he could be afflicted, uh, the light should have come on. It should have been the, uh, uh, you know, the robot from Lost in Space warning Will Robinson. Um, but uh, Samson, uh, he, just, he just sees it as a game. He says, if they bind me with seven green widths, that's like the you know, little tiny uh, uh, shoots off of a tree or something like that. They're very, very flexible. He said that we're never dry, then I shall be weak and be as another man. Uh, verse 8, the lords of the Philistines came and they did so while he slept and tied him up with it. Um, and, uh, you know, she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And, you know, he break them off uh, in verse number 9. And uh, so his strength was not known. Um, if you were Samson, what should you have done at that point? Left, found a new girlfriend. Okay, this woman's trouble. Okay, uh, Delilah said unto Samson, behold, thou hast mocked me. Seriously? She's the one that mocked him. Uh, thou hast mocked me. Uh, she's a, quite the manipulator and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, if they bind me fast with new ropes that were never occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Uh, so she went to Lowe's and, and got uh, some new rope off the thing. 
Uh, Rob and Anna were at Lowe's uh, a week or so ago uh, with the kids, and I have no idea what prompted this, but Tommy was walking around telling me, hey, let's go to Home Depot. And he'd see people, see at Home Depot, and <laughs> they're at Lowe's. Uh, he didn't get hired. Um, so uh, she got the ropes and bound them. And in verse 12, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. There were liars in weight abiding in the chamber. And he break them from off his arms like a thread. And it, it didn't work. Verse 13, uh, now she's hitherto hast thou mocked me and told me lies. And there's a pattern here that he's just not getting. Uh, I think Samson is, is uh, in that stage where he thinks sin is a game. Sin is a game. Uh, you know, he's gotten away with some things. Um, you know, he, he stuck his hands in the lion's carcass, but when he needed his strength, it was still there. He didn't get struck with lightning and all of that. Um, and he confused the goodness and the mercy of God with God's stamp of approval on his behavior. The, the goodness of God, Romans said, is supposed to lead us to repentance. That's not happening with Samson. And so now he's just toying with it like it's harmless. It's harmless. It's a game. Um, I was talking to several people today. They were asking how Tim is doing. And, and somebody said, I pray for him. I pray for his wife, pray for his kids, but I do not pray for his snakes. And uh, I'm, I'm right there. I don't do that either. And uh, I was talking the other day, somebody in Michigan, this is legal. It's not legal in Connecticut. Uh, somebody offered to give him some kind of a snake uh, native to South America. It is a viper. Uh, it is poisonous. Uh, it is one of the few species of snake that is bright blue in color. Most snakes aren't that way because they're, they're, God's designed it for them to be concealed in leaves or branches or something like that. And uh, somebody offered it and, and uh, he turned it down. He said, I, it, it's all right for me to have some snakes that I know aren't going to hurt my kids, but I have kids at home. All it takes is for that thing to get out of my whole family's at risk. He's not going to play the game. He's not going to play the game. See, Samson's playing a game with sin. And uh, we warn our young people about that all the time. The world paints it out that it's all, it's all fun and games. Uh, but we as adults need to remember that sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Very good. So she tries again. Um, and he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web... So she fastened it with a pin. So he's sleeping in bed and his hair, everything was divided, maybe in seven long braids or something like that. Because remember, he's never had a haircut his entire life. Um, and it appears that she, she fastened it to the, the headboard or what we would call the headboard of a bed, that type of thing. And uh, he awakened out, he awaked out of his sleep, verse 14, and went away with the pin of the beam and with the web. I said last week, that dude had some strong roots. You know, I don't know what he was using uh, for shampoo, uh, that type of thing. Can you imagine if he turned around and he's got this headboard swinging around on his hair? You know, he probably conked a few things, messed up the living room a little bit. Um, in verse 15, how canst she said unto him, how canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Seriously? Take a look in the mirror, Delilah. Uh, thou hast mocked me these three times and has not told me when, wherein thy great strength lieth. It came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. She nagged him relentlessly. That should have, that should have told Samson, get away from this woman. 
She does not care about you. She does not have your best interest at heart because it's not just curiosity. I'd like to know why my husband is so strong. I'd like to know about his relationship with God. This is a woman, she has proved every single time that she's out to, she's trying to sell him out to the Philistines because every time he woke up, they were, they were hanging out in the bedroom ready to, to clobber him. Um, but but uh, he, his soul was vexed unto death, verse 17. Then he told her all his heart, said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. So he tells her all his heart. You have to realize here that Samson knows by telling her this, more than likely, she's going to try to cut off his hair. He has to know that. She's already tried three times with, with the false things that he set up for her. There's, there's some part of him that is, uh, I guess, taking his Nazarite vow for granted. Maybe he's looking back thinking it won't be that bad. Um, you know, okay, you know, the, the, the last time, you know, okay, yeah, I went into a harlot, but God got me out of that mess. And, and uh, yeah, I reached into the carcass and got honey out, but God got me out of that mess and God will get me out of this too. Do not take for granted the blessing and the promises of God. Uh, one of the worst things I think that we do is we take God for granted. Um, that's why praise and, and thanksgiving is such an important thing, not just once a year. It needs to be a, a daily part of our lives, uh, reminding ourselves that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If you had, if you had breakfast today, that came from God. If you woke up and there was heat in your home today, that was God. Uh, if you were able to travel in a, in a car today and it, it, it got all the way here, that was God too. If you get to go to work tomorrow, that's God. Um, just, just start adding them up. Everything, the Bible says, everything that we have comes from the Lord. And a wise Christian will not take any of that for granted, nor will we take for granted the commandments and the warnings of God. We'll, we'll take it seriously. Uh, God said what he meant, and God meant what he said. That, that's just a wise, wise way to live our lives. Samson, we, we kind of have to guess. We can't see inside of him, but it, it appears that his love for this woman, Delilah, was greater than his love for God. And he told her all his heart. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, verse 18, she sent, called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Somehow she knew this was it. This was it. This is something he'd not ever shared before. Um, and it made a lot of sense. Then the lords of the Philistines came up under her, brought money in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees. She called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him she's now showing off her true colors she she wasn't in love with him before it was you know the the philistines were going to afflict uh him now she's the one that's doing it i don't know if she's slapping him i don't know if she's punching him i don't know if she's pinching him i have no idea what it was she began to afflict him and his strength went from him and she said the philistines be upon thee samson and he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he whist. What's the word whist mean, class? He knew. He did not realize. He didn't understand 
that the Lord was departed from him. Now, in the New Testament today, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. And the Savior taught in the book of John, chapters 14, 15, and 16, that he abides with us forever. We are sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. That is, that is a New Testament promise we claim. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on individuals for a time where he used them uh, to, to perform a certain task, to speak a certain message, and then the, the, the Holy Spirit would, if you will, withdraw his presence uh, and so forth. Um, and... Uh, you know, even David, when he sinned against, against Bath, uh, Bathsheba, one of his prayers in Psalm uh, 51 was, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Um, so Samson, uh, he doesn't know that, that God's gone. He's, he's taken God for granted so much he didn't know that God was gone. You know, we got to be careful, even as, as believers, that we don't take the presence of the Holy Spirit for granted. Wonderful promise in the Bible. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. Can anybody finish it? There am I in the midst. Um, so we claim that promise. There are more than two or three here just for the Sunday school hour in this particular adult class. We've got several other adult classes going on right now. Uh, so there's more than two or three. Uh, can we claim that promise? Yes, we, we certainly can. But we better not take that promise for granted. The church at Laodicea, that was believers, New Testament believers. And yet the Lord said to that church, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. That's the word vomit. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Um, it's just a church that said, you know, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and, and so forth. And they... They, they didn't even understand. That's where the one famous verse is, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Um, that isn't the Savior right, uh, speaking to a lost person, saying, I'm knocking at the door of your heart, and if you open it, I'll come in and save you, though it can be applied there because the Holy Spirit does convict uh, lost sinners of their need to be saved. That's the Lord talking to his church. They had no idea Jesus was on the outside and they were going through church as if everything was fine. I don't ever want to be that kind of church. That's why often I pray and ask the Lord to crown the service with his presence because I need to hear from God. You need to hear from God. Amen. We need God. Samson just took all of that for granted and he gets up. I'm just going to go serve God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go as at other times. Had no idea that God wasn't there. I wonder how often we, we try to uh, go soul winning. And we haven't taken time to make sure that we have the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives or teach a class or sing a special. Uh, we're just used to doing it and we know how to do it now. Um, that's, that's not good enough. We need God. Uh, we need God. Uh, his strength is gone. She said the Philistines, I'm sorry, in, in verse 20, uh, she said the Philistines be upon thee, woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. I wonder what the last thing was that he saw. I, I have a feeling it might have been Delilah's uh, scornful look on her face. I don't know. Uh, there was a, the last king of the nation of Judah. Does anybody know what his name was, Ron? Zedekiah. Zedekiah's father was Josiah, who was a tremendously godly man. He really was. 
But all of his kids were the exact opposite. And in succession, three of his sons took the throne of Judah. The last one was Zedekiah. The prophet Jeremiah talked one-on-one -on -one with Zedekiah over and over again and said, look, here's what the, the word of the Lord is. If you will go out and submit yourself to the king of Babylon and, and put yourself under his yoke, this people will be saved, you'll be saved. But if you rebel, this city will be destroyed, this nation will, will be destroyed, and you will die. And Zedekiah just wouldn't listen to God. The Babylonians broke through in 586 B.C. after a three-and-a-half-year siege of the city of Jerusalem. Um, history tells us that the starvation in the city was so bad that the streets just had piles and piles of dead bodies. They just went through, the, the Babylonian soldiers went through and just hacked up pretty much anybody that they saw so that the, the gutters ran full of blood. The king and his, his bodyguards, they escaped by night, the Bible says, through a place in the wall. And they, they were trying to go southeast towards Jericho. And the king of Babylon's armies uh, uh, captured him. Uh, they took him. He had his family with him. He had his children with him. And uh, he had many wives and he had many children. And they were taken to a place called Riblath where, the, where Nebuchadnezzar had set up his throne and so forth. And uh, in front of Zedekiah, because of his rebellion, they slaughtered all of his sons. And as soon as they were done with that, they put out his eyes. The last thing he saw was his sons dying brutal deaths. I, I think about that every time I read through the ending of the book of Jeremiah or Second Chronicles and so forth and think, that's a terrible price to pay. And so Samson couldn't see the error of his ways until it was too late. God allows his eyes to be put out. They brought him down to Gaza. You say, where's that? Same, where, same place it is today where, where Hamas has their, uh, their headquarters. And they bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Most likely he's grinding corn like an animal would, bound to a, uh, an apparatus, just walking around in circles, blinded, can't see anything around him, probably hearing the taunts of, of the, the guards and so forth. Great strength is gone, but look at verse 22. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. And it's sweet of the Lord to put that in there. He's suffering, he's suffering the result of his own sin. He really is. Sometimes we blame God for the consequences of our sin. If I go out and get drunk and, uh, you know, run my car into a telephone pole, I can't really say God did that. I can maybe say God allowed that, but that was what booze does, right? Okay, um, so Samson can't actually say God did that to him. Uh, God allowed it to happen because of, of his sin, but isn't it good that uh, the mercy of the Lord endureth? forever forever the hair of his head began to grow uh, and that's that's God's way of saying that mercy is still there for even somebody like Samson then the lords of the Philistines verse er, verse 23 gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God Dagon was half fish and half man um, if you look at, at the idolatry of the ancients it was just this, it, it was just dumb stuff 
you know, all together. Uh, Unto Dagon their God and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. Can I just stop there for a moment? Do you understand that when, when we don't live for God, when we mess up, we give the world a chance to rejoice? Well, they're supposed to be saved and they talked like that. They're supposed to be saved and they did that. And uh, if you will, in a sense, we're blaspheming the name of God. Titus encourages, or Paul encouraged Titus in the book of Titus, that we should live in such a way that we adorn the doctrine of God. The doctrine of God is beautiful, is it not? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How much more wonderful and beautiful can you get uh, than that? He is the creator of all things. Just look around and see what he made. It's absolutely astounding who our God is. You and I are supposed to live in a way that we make God look even better. Um, and, And so we need to be careful how we live. The Philistines are rejoicing because Samson has broken his vow. Samson has taken so much for granted. The Lord has departed from him for a time. And they're giving credit to their God, thinking their fish God did all this. And, uh, you know, so forth. So they're rejoicing. When the people saw him, uh, uh, when the people saw him, they praised their God. How sad is that? People around us, they ought to praise our God. Did you ever think about that? They ought to, they ought to give glory to our God. Um, For they said, our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. It came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson, that he may make a sport. Let's let's bring him in here and and we're going to make fun of him and we're going to have a good old time uh, mocking him. They called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport. And they sent him between the pillars uh, the ancient temples, uh, the, the, everything was enlarged in, in there. We know there were thousands of people gathered in this particular temple, so it was a massive structure. We can put comfortably uh, about 300 in here if we have to in this room. Um, uh, can you imagine trying to put 3,000 in here? Wouldn't happen. You know, we, you, you'd each have about 10 10 people sitting on your lap and you'd be crushed to death if you're on the bottom. It wouldn't work. So this temple of Dagon was a massive structure um, and they would have pillars holding up the, the massive beams going across uh, and so forth. And um, so he's, he's between the, uh, those, those pillars and they're maybe throwing rotten food at him. Uh, you know, we have no idea what they're doing to humiliate this guy. Uh, Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. And uh, so he's being led around by a little boy. He said, uh, guide my hands to where these, the pillars are. He said, I, I just need something to lean on uh, and so forth. Now the house was full of men and women and all the lords of the Philistines were there and there were upon the roof, just the roof alone, about 3,000 men and women, sort of like a balcony. Um, and you know, they're, they're looking down in and seeing, seeing everybody make sport of Samson and Samson called upon the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Um, here's a humble prayer, isn't it? He's a man who's, who's understood what happened to him. He understood why God took his presence from him. And he just, Lord, 
would you just once? Would you just once remember me? Would you strengthen me? Uh, he knows he was called to be a judge. Uh, remember the prophecy that the angel gave to his mother? Uh, uh, for in his days he shall begin to judge uh, the Philistines. So he, he offers this prayer. Now, if God were like a lot of us, we'd have said, good luck with that. You think I'm going to help you? You know, we're, we're pretty good at throwing people away. Aren't you glad God's a God of a second chance? Anybody here ever get a second chance from God? You've probably had third, fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth, probably many times over because his mercy endures how long? Forever. Um, obviously, Samson's still blind. There are consequences to sin. But even so, we can find forgiveness and we can have a relationship. So David sinned against God. Were there consequences? Yeah, pretty severe ones. Was David ever forgiven? The moment he asked God to forgive him. Did God ever use him again? Yep. Um, that's a great truth we ought to wrap our minds around. Um, and so he makes this prayer, verse 29, Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and upon which it was borne up, uh, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. Uh, the lords, remember the guys paid uh, Delilah 1,100 pieces of silver? I don't know if Delilah was there that day. In my mind, it would, it, it would seem that she might be the guest of honor. have no idea. The Bible doesn't say. Um, and, and the Bible says this, this house, it would have been made of stone for the most part. There would have been some wood in, uh, in the construction, but most of the time they were made of stone, these temples. Um, and so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Um, then all his brethren and then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him, brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtol in the burying place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Samson will be the last judge that is spoken of in the book of Judges. Now we know the last judge altogether was going to be a, a boy named Samuel. But in the book of Judges, he's the last one whose life is described. Uh, he, he actually ended in a bittersweet victory, didn't he? Uh, he was avenged of his two eyes. He slew more Philistines in his death uh, than he did in his life, but he paid for that with his life. And uh, his family came and found him. Uh, evidently, his father has already passed away. Now, he only judged Israel 20 years. He really, Samson wasn't that old. We're not sure how old he was when he started uh, you remember he trained with the tribe of Dan and uh, the, the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan. Uh, possibly he was a teenager when that happened. More likely Samson was in his late 30s, something like that, uh, when he passed away. What do we learn from the life of Samson? We learned that God uses ordinary people. Because in, in all respects, to look at him, Samson was just an ordinary man what made him extraordinary was the presence of God and the touch of God in his life. Amen? That's hope for us. I, I, I take great hope in that. Um, I, from the life of Samson, I, I learned that without God, we can do nothing. And our Savior taught that in John chapter 15. Without me, ye can do how much? Nothing. Uh, but I can do 
all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It's, it's our dependence on the strength of the Lord, not on our own strength. From the life of Samson, we learn that God said what he meant, and God meant what he said. Those commandments of that Nazarite vow, Samson began to take them for granted. And at first, just taking the honey out of the carcass of the lion didn't seem like that big a thing. But he took that as a license to go on to bigger things. And that's how sin always works. That's how it always works. And uh, Samson came to a day and God said, you've crossed the line and I, I'm, I'm not gonna put up with this anymore. And Samson had to pay a price. We also learn from the life of Samson that God is a gracious and a merciful God, is he not? Now, it doesn't mean that God overlooks sin and ignores sin and doesn't care about it. There were consequences and Samson had to deal with those consequences but he still found on the last day of his life on this earth that God had forgiven him. Isn't that an amazing thing to know that God had forgiven him, that God had mercy on him, and God used him one more time. It is Samson's life that we ought to study. It may be that Samson's a whole lot more like us than any other judge that we've ever, ever studied because we all have our ups and our downs and our ins and our outs. And we need to learn from the life of Samson, don't take God for granted. Don't take his mercy and his goodness and his, his commands and his promises for granted. Uh, it never ends well. It never ends well. We need to stop there this morning. Uh, I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, make sure you